All right, let me make sure this mic is working. Testing, testing. I am Janita Morris, and this is the View 112 Podcast. Welcome to the View 112 Podcast. I'm Janita Morris. As an avid reader, writer, and businesswoman, I'm passionate about literacy and self-development. Here, I think out loud and share my perspective on life, balancing a career, and building a writing business. Let's get into it. Happy January 2019. Happy New Year and happy birthday to me. And since I know it's been a while, allow me to remind you the name of the View 112 podcast is in part to my birthday, which is January 12th, also known as my personal New Year. I just got home from my first ever solo trip celebrating my 41st birthday in Cancun, Mexico. Uh, I'm not going to lie, 41 it does not sound as fun as 40, <laughs> but um, 40 was a wild year. And um, because 40 was a wild year, I decided to um, do a solo trip. And that was for a few reasons. Number one, I needed a serious break. I have never been more physically, mentally, or emotionally tired in my entire 40 one years of living. This past year was a lot in so many wonderful ways. Um, And then also I was just on the struggle um, a lot. I often call myself team too much. And this year I epitomized being team, (laughs) team too much. Have you ever been so tired that you really can't do anything I know that sounds crazy. You're getting a lot done and you're moving around. You're going through the motions, but nothing's really getting accomplished. Looking back at myself in the last six months, especially these last three months, I was doing that. I was moving and I was very busy, but I was also a zombie. Um, I mean, I was so tired. I really didn't remember one day from the next. It was hard for me to, you know, I talk a lot about taking inventory and reflecting and I couldn't even take time to do that. Every day, week, month was a blur. And and every day there was like something that uh, happened that just kind of rolled in or would impact the next week. And I just was free falling into a tired spiral out of control. Any free time that I had, it was really to try to catch a nap or just catch up on all the things I was running behind on. Um, and I didn't really have time to do the things that center me, make goals, um, plan the week ahead or the month ahead or the quarter ahead or, or, you know, um, daydream or plan, even record a podcast and kind of get some of my thoughts out. I just did not have the energy to do it. So I really, really needed a break. Uh, second, I wanted to celebrate all for all the above reasons. Um, I had one of the most incredible years of my life last year, 2018 and turning 40 was one of the most incredible, dynamic, fun, um, courageous years of my entire life. And that deserved a celebration. Um, last year when I turned 40, All of my friends turned 40 as well, (laughs) y'all. And I have girl tripped 
all over the U.S., Mexico. Uh, we even took a trip to France to celebrate birthdays. And um, I mean, we just had a ball. And I'm not talking like the girl trips were like anywhere from five or six people to 10 people, 10 ladies. Um, I think in Paris, we were a little bit higher than that, maybe 12 of us in Paris and Saint-Tropez. And um, it, it was just insane, insane amount of traveling. I also traveled quite a bit for work, more than I've ever traveled before. Last year was my highest travel year. Um, I've, I've driven quite a bit to put some things in perspective. My car, um, I did a post on view112.com about when I purchased my car in 2017. So my car turned one year old last February and I had only put 3000 miles on my car in one year. And from 2018, my car is about to be two years old next month. I would have put 13,000 miles on my car. So going from 3000 miles driving to 10,000 miles driving in one year has been uh, crazy. And then I've flown. I've been flewed out between all of those trips and work trips. Um, I earned medallion status on Delta, which I was psyched about um, with these complimentary upgrades that you get and stuff. Um, but yeah, it's been it's been quite a bit. And I wanted to quiet myself. Um, traveling with other people, don't get me wrong, I love a girl trip, but this last girl trip we did was in November and then December, it was nuts for me at work. Um, and my family came to visit, which was wonderful. And, uh, you know, but, but December is just nuts for me at work. And so I just wanted to quiet my mind, you guys. And so, uh, that's the second reason, um, I wanted to celebrate all of the wonderful things and really take that time to reflect on all of the wonderful things that happened to me that I hadn't had a time, hadn't had a chance to really uh, do that. And I wanted to just be on my schedule, just me and my moves, do what I wanted to do. Um, and I, I did that. It was great. I did get photos um, um, while I was there. I stayed at the Ritz-Carlton in Cancun, which was amazing. And the staff was amazing. And I felt completely safe there, completely pampered there. Um, and it just felt like an amazing um, culmin like a culmination of events, a nice way to just treat myself, if you will, and really um, celebrate. Uh, I was able to, after the first couple of days where I literally just laid and zombied out and stared at, at the beach, <laughs> um, I was able to start to slow down like I wanted to and take inventory of all the wins and losses um, because I had lost some of my um, things that just naturally come to me. Um, my my desire to write, even to read, you guys. Uh, all last year, I read a total of, I think, 24, 25 books. So think about that. You know there's been years that I've gone from reading 112 books, but on average, I read about 60-some books a year. And so to go from 60-some books a year to only reading 20-some books, but I just didn't. And I have books all around my um, office here in an apartment and... Um, I still had a book with me everywhere I went in my bag. But like I said, even when I had a quiet moment, I would be taking a nap or you trying to catch up on something. And so I just didn't really get a lot of reading done. It was nice to be able to take some time to do that. 
Um, and uh, this trip was just a nice moment to cheers myself because I did the damn thing. <laughs> and I literally cheered myself <laughs> and reflected on the fact that I did that. And thanks to God's grace and favor, I'm still here, still shining, still stunting. It was a great, I, I, that, I think that was the evolution of my vacation. When I landed, I was exhausted, um, you know, just went to the hotel lobby for dinner came back, passed out. Next day, bright and early at the beach, I fell asleep in my cabana on the beach for the first, you know, part of the morning. Um, and then I just relaxed the whole day. And then by the, the third day, which happened to be my birthday, I was more in celebration mode on my actual birthday proper. Had balloons at the beach and um, champagne and um, I talked to my fr- friends and family, so many calls and text messages. And so that was amazing. Um, number three, the reason I took a solo trip is was to, get, again, be still and be quiet and listen for the next move. And when I say listen, I'm talking about, you know, through prayer, through quieting my mind, spending time alone, um, I was able to really hear um, from God, what just kind of started to place on my heart certain things that like I need to be focused on. And because I haven't had time to be still and to be quiet, I really hadn't had an opportunity to do that. And I could feel, it's crazy, my mind getting sharper, my motivation roaring back. And I started to feel like myself again. I'm trying my best to describe what happens when you take a break and get quiet and really be still and listen, um, how your mind just goes from rambling chaos to very clear, purposeful thoughts and direction. Um, it's the best way I can describe how it, how it feels and how much of a shift it was. Um, I was joking. Well, it wasn't a joke. We, We were being serious, but I was on the friend, on the phone with a friend we were talking about how like in the shower, you know, and I'm sure this happens for a lot of people in the shower is where like you get your best ideas, you know, and like things come to you and focus and you're like, mm, like that's what's hot. I even know people who I think uh, another one of my friends got a uh, someone gave them a whiteboard to put in their shower because like that's where your ideas come from. I'm pretty sure I've heard that before. But um, even for me in this craziness, I I did not, even in the shower, it was just like, where's the soap? Where's the, the washcloth? Um, let me hurry up because I even had timers sometimes because I'm like, I don't have all day to be in here. Just thank God for this like hot water because I gotta go. I, I couldn't even like really enjoy that. And even if I did have an idea, it was typically not an idea, but like a reminder of something I needed to get done as soon as I got out of the shower. And so I, I just wasn't able to like press, you know, practice like mindfulness and just to, you know, again, quiet my mind. And what I discovered probably, you know, that third or fourth day of vacation, you know, this solo trip was like being in the shower and like, I was getting so many ideas and so many things are coming to me. And, but they were like all in the same themes and like all very sharp and all very focused. And I hadn't felt that way in months. So, um, that was, that was really, really great. 
And after taking that time on that last day of um, my trip, it rained, which was great because I had been at the beach basically every single day from when I landed, went to the beach, ate dinner at the lobby bar, went to bed, was bright and early when the sun came up back at the beach. And so I've had a lot of sun. (laughs) Your girl is nice and brown and tanned. Um, And so it was nice that the third day or that last day it rained because um, I was able to be very quiet. There's not much to beautiful things to do um, when you're on a beach vacation and it begins to rain. And so I spent a lot of time in my room just being quiet and I was able to get a lot of reading done and writing done and goal set and um, just think about all of these things that had been coming to me and writing them down. And um, I've written down a few things I want to make sure happen in 2019, but I've also been able to think about this longer term goal, which is lovely. I haven't been able to think that far out in a while about what do I want to build that I'm celebrating in 2020? What's all the work and the things I need to pave out right now to like birth something or bring something to life even in 2020? And how do I plan the long game in some shorter steps over the course of this year? And so um, those are the three reasons that I decided to take a solo trip and those were the benefits of it. And I share this with you and this was, you know, the topic because I want to be a cautionary tale to you all. I feel like I know a lot of people who, I don't know everyone obviously who listens to this podcast because people are listening to my podcast and I haven't even recorded in a while. So Thank you so much. But of the people who I know, some of my friends and people who have reached out to me on social media and really lifted me up, I know there's a lot of ambitious people out there. And I just know the way that our culture is about this, like, let's get out here, let's work, let's grind, let's have this um, mentality that we're here to, like, get so many things accomplished and I want to be a cautionary tale of what can happen when you don't practice self-care and a little bit of time to slow down. You, you know, I feel like we're not as effective and I've heard this a lot, but this time I really experienced it. So I'm sure you've heard this a lot, but it is so true. When you don't take a break at all, you're not as effective. I can honestly say I feel I've come back to work roaring, like I said, um, motivated. I have so many ideas, which is really good because there's a lot going on at work when I came back. And there's always stuff going on. That's the other thing. There's always something going on. And so taking time to get yourself together so you can tackle all the things that are going on. And this is my commitment to myself. It's not just, you know, an idea anymore. It's something that has to happen is taking time for myself. I need it. And you, you, everybody I owe obligations to, family, friends, my job, um, my creative outlets, um, all of my passions. I owe it to all of us for me to slow down and take a break sometimes. And that is what I intend to do. 
Um, I'm still here for the solo trips, girls. I mean, for the group trips, girls. And I'm still here to get out. And I'm still going to be working long days and hours. But I am 100% going to be taking more time of more quiet time, more reflection time, more moments of stillness, because I've just learned the hard way what burnout really does feel like and the performance that you get when you're not at your top level. So let I'm sharing that with you. This is part of professional and personal development is taking some time for yourself and the benefits that come out of that is that you you get to relax, you get to celebrate and take inventory of everything that's happened and then you get moments to be still and build. That's when the building happens. Um, So I just wanted to share that with you. Lastly, it would not be the View 112 podcast without me sharing some of my reads. Um, So like I said, what's crazy is I didn't read anything. I feel like I read 26 books last year. I'm already up to four books. Um, But I want to share three of them that I've read. Um, And number one is The Bulletproof Journal. I have it sitting right here by Ryder Carroll. And um, it says the Bulletproof Journal Method, track the past, order the present, design the future. I bought this book um, maybe two months ago and hadn't had time to crack it open, but I knew I needed something to help me get organized. Um, And the book highlights a workflow of productivity, getting um, teaching you how to through, through this particular method, the bullet journal method of how to get through your day, week, month, year, etc. And um, I, I had this thought of how I need to plan the long game in short steps. And this is thought out and how I would do this uh, is, is spelled out very well in this book. And the philosophy of this book is right in line with other productivity methods like the getting things done method. Um, I use OmniFocus. I've listened to a lot of podcasts. And one of the things that all of these productivity, you know, gurus and people put have in common is finding ways to first declutter your mind, getting all of your thoughts and ideas and passions and just get them all out of your mind and in one space and taking time to do that every single day, but also as things pop in your head, like getting all of that stuff into one system. Um, And so that system, I've tried a a variety of different things. I'm not ready to give up on OmniFocus because I paid a lot of money for OmniFocus. Um, But this book, the thing that differentiates it is uh, it really stresses the importance of writing things down. It's not saying that you can't incorporate different apps like OmniFocus, but um, the primary place that all of this methodology and productivity and writing things down and goals and stuff is in a journal. Not um, and like you can, any old journal will do. And I have tons of them laying around here. And um, it, there's a part of the book that really talks about the power of just writing things down, your handwriting, what happens to your brain when you put pen to paper. And as a natural writer, I 100% understand that. Um, And so I do like the thought of kind of getting back into this method. And I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to incorporate it with um, my technology because um, I do have a lot of it and I use it all the time. And so I'm going to try to find ways to incorporate the two. 
Um, But this book also, besides just being a productivity method, it really has a lot of lessons um, and it really challenges um, me to focus on intention and again, taking inventory at the end of the day of and week and month of all that has happened. Um, A striking quote from the book, we define the inability to transition between emotional states as mental illness. Um, and that really, the reason it struck me is I think this inability to transition between emotional states is what happened to me. I was not, things were happening so quickly, um, uh, highs and lows and wins and failures, so many things. And I was not able to keep up. I did not have a plan in place to help me keep up and things were happening so happening so rapidly that I didn't have time to, I didn't take time and I wasn't focused enough to identify as stuff was happening to me. I know I sound like a crazy person, but hey, mental illness, I feel like it was causing me and and these things started to compound. And so um, it got me thinking about, again, just how stressed out I was in the first place and how badly I needed this break. And because I didn't manage the transition of my life um, as proactively and as emotional, I was not as emotionally stable as I could be. And I just kept allowing myself to be pulled in any direction the wind blew. So my goal is to exercise more intention and to take more inventory and really assess why I'm moving in a particular way. Why are things happening? Why did I do what I did? Why am I focused on a particular goal? Why do I want something? Um, I've even been thinking about that even like you know, like I said, my car is two years old. I want to get a new car. I'm like, why do you want a new car? My car is two years old. It doesn't even have that many miles on it yet. Um, why? You know, I've been thinking about places to live. Why do you want to move to these places? Or, you know, thinking about, you know, just a lot of things. And like, why do you want to do that? And do you really want to do it? And what is it all going to take? Is that really a priority right now? Um, so the bullet journal method book has helped me with that. The second book um, is called Radical Candor. And I'm like trying to find the book because I don't remember the author. Bummer. And I don't have it in here with me. It's probably in my room. But it's called Radical Candor. And not that I have much issue with candor, um, especially workplace candor. Um, but the concept care personally plus challenging directly equals radical candor. And it's important to have these filters aligned. I think over the years I've challenged more than I've cared in the last, I'd say five or six years that has shifted for me, um, where I care and challenge equally. I think I do have a good balance of radical candor. Um, but maintaining that balance is something that I want to make sure that I continue to do. My favorite quote from this book is it's not mean, it's not being mean, it's being true. And I think a lot of times for people who may find themselves, um, intimidated by providing negative, specific coaching to um, someone on your team as a leader or even to a family or friend or friend to share things that you think may hurt someone. Um, I, I think this piece of like caring personally and knowing why you're doing it and how you connect and deliver and make your 
um, perspective worth value to the other person, that delivery is very important. But you have to get clear with people. And, um, and getting clear, again, is not being mean. You're being honest. And you can be honest and you can still be nice and you can still put value behind what it is that you're trying to convey. And always thinking, um, I just want to always be focused on the candor that I'm providing is not to be mean, but it's to be honest and to be caring. And as long as that is the filter and my delivery is uplifting the person, because you can, you know, there's all these quotes out there, you know, along the lines of like, you can straighten a, you know, the crown on another woman's head without telling the world that it's crooked, right? Like you don't have to put people on blast, but, and, and you can help people respectfully. And so I'm just going to continue to focus on that. Um, also another thing that, uh, really stuck out is we undervalue the emotional labor of being the boss. And that's certainly true for me. Um, and now that I'm leading a much larger team, I am keenly aware of that fact that you, you know, <laughs> from the moment I, you know, get, got this new position, I really didn't understand how the moment, even before you get to work, quite frankly, but all day long, you're all things to all people. And, or at least that's the perspective. And, um, that that's a lot of emotional labor. That's a lot of filters to think through about doing what's right, how to take care of people, the decisions that you make, how they are impacting every single person on your team. Um, even decisions you make when you're not at work, um, the greater community. I mean, it's, it is emotional labor and it's something that I certainly undervalued. And, um, I've thought about now how much I need to take care and protect, take care of and protect myself emotionally. Also, um, the book finally has given me some interesting perspective around assessing talent. I think I naturally gravitate towards shining stars and ultra high performers, but this book does note for a team to be great, you need rock stars and superstars. And I think rock stars has got, gotten a bad reputation because we think of rock star as like, oh, we're not a rock star, but like a rock, a steady Eddie is just a, somebody just kind of gets the job done on your team. And this is saying that a, not a steady Eddie per se, because they still have to be evolving and growing, but they're just a rock. They, they're a rock star and they get the job done. They may, they're not promotable. They're subject matter experts. They, they're well-placed. And, um, this book really stresses how we ruin more careers um, by trying to put rock stars and treat them as superstars and putting people in promotions and positions that are not really right for them or right for them at the time. We push, we force these things on people um, as leaders and how it's not right. And so thinking more about how I can celebrate and continue to motivate and encourage rock stars in my business without ruining their career. Um, and then the last book I read, which I don't have with me either, but it's called The Windfall. And this was a novel that I read for fun. And The Windfall, um, though it was a fun read, there was still some lessons in there. Um, it's the story of a poor family um, in India 
and uh, it's the Ja family. And um, they come into a windfall of money due to a successful internet venture. And the book just explores the age old question of does money really buy happiness? <laughs> the book is very funny. And um, a lot of the reviews about it compare it or call it the Indian version of crazy rich Asians. I'm not going to jump out there and say that exactly. I can see the comparison. Um, but I do, I do think it gives you a deeper dive into um, that culture and uh, the lows and highs of income inequality there. Um, and that's it's always cool to learn about cultures and read from authors with different perspectives. Um, so those are the three books I um, would like to share with you and highly encourage that you read. The Bulletproof Journal, Radical Candor, and The Windfall. Um, I'll leave you with um, my favorite book. Uh, quote I just came across recently about reading. Books are the plane and the train and the road. They are the destination and the journey. They are home. And that is from Anna Quindleton and or Quindlin, and that's from um, the book Why I Love Reading. Thanks so much for listening. Bye.